Today's episode is about society's expectations and how that can have such a negative impact on the way that we think about ourselves. And more importantly, if you keep doing something that makes you really unhappy, why do you keep going back to it? Why do you keep doing it? A really good example of how that works or a common thing that I hear amongst my friends and family is doing a job that makes them really unhappy. Now, I could talk about work-life balance all day long. It's something I'm really passionate about because I think that our work-life balance is the key to happiness or the key to our sadness. And I think that society has a real responsibility when it comes to this. So I want to discuss a something that happened last week. Um, I, as, as you know, and as you might have heard, I am a, I'm self-employed, I run my own business and I consult. So I do work with organisations. And there's an organisation that I've been working with for a while, ironically, within mental health. And um, I walked in and to the office and one of the employees was crying her eyes out. And this, I'm, I'm such an empath that when this happens, I, one, just feel that person's pain. I go to a moment in my own experience where I felt like I felt a similar experience or I feel a similar level of emotion. And the second thing I do is try to fix it or try to come up with a solution. Excuse me. So this happened and we talked for a very, very long time. And the reason she was so upset was because she felt undervalued and felt like she was so up, she was just so sad and didn't wasn't enjoying her day-to-day life and this is a build up this isn't something that's happened over a day this isn't ha- something that's happened over a week it's something that's happened over months and months months and months of feeling like absolute poo and as a result she's just reached this point in which she cannot cope anymore and her emotions are so high that she's unable to function she's unable to do her job which she she loves and the the main role of her job is to help people and that's the bit that she loves doing and it's not something she wants to give up on but it's all the additional things that impact that now I've witnessed something over the last few years in this particular uh workspace of a really toxic work environment and because I'm not associated to it I can have I can see it from an outsider's point of view and not get super involved in all of the politics and complications involved in working in a workspace however I have felt really rubbish and have felt a victim to this toxicity and I've experienced the negative element of a workplace or a team that aren't working in harmony with each other And that doesn't mean that people are calling you out or being abusive to you or or anything like that. A toxic work environment to me could be anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. Now, that could be just lack of respect from people that are above you. That could be small things from feeling scared to asking when you can have time off or um, not feeling valued and appreciated by the work that you do. And there's no obvious reason to why you feel that, but you just feel rubbish and you just don't feel respected. 
And I think that this can be replicated into so many areas within life where where it's your family settings, your friendship groups, um, whether it's the social circles you're hanging around with. And there are many, many ways to cope with this. There are many ways to deal with this. And that's something that I'd really like to discuss today. So first, I'd like to talk about how burnout affects aging and our well-being. So I looked up the uh, uh, definition, let's call it, of burnout. So I'm going to read it out. Burnout is a state of chronic physical and emotional exhaustion, often accompanied by feelings of cynicism and detachment from work. It is typically a result of prolonged stress and overwork, especially in demanding or high-pressure environments. Burnout can affect various aspects of a person's life, including their job performance, relationships and overall well-being. And maybe you can hear or understand now where I'm coming from when I gave that example scenario of, of, of stress and doing something that makes you unhappy. But you keep going back to it. So when we work in a workplace or we're doing something that we feel a responsibility towards, it's not easy to just stop doing it. And I totally understand that. I totally get that quitting is, is usually just seems like it's not an, even an option um, or taking time off is not even an option. But I really want to understand why we feel like this. And it's something that I felt in my life where I felt extreme guilt over taking time off, letting people down, um, quitting at something, and how that has led to my own burnout experience. So I'm in my 20s, and uh, in 2021 and two, I experienced burnout in both years. One was a bit milder than the other, but the other was complete exhaustion, um, diagnosed with depression and anxiety. I couldn't function. Um, I was extremely unhappy um, and I couldn't cope with day-to-day activities. And as a result, I've been doing everything I possibly can in the last few years to one, avoid reaching that point again, but two, being very, very intuitive and identifying things that trigger burnout or trigger the um, elements of burnout. So it, burnout can affect everybody's lives, in, including their morning schedules to being able to commit to tasks, relationships, and different things like that. And the way that this affects aging <clears throat> is you basically can't live healthily. You can't make healthy choices. You can't sustain a healthy routine because the only thing that you can think about is whatever's worrying you. Now, burnout for me and burnout for you will be completely different. You may experience different worries, anxieties. You may experience different physical um, responses to the burnout. Um, but that that ultimately, all of those feelings or all of those symptoms of burnout will very likely disable you from not being able to go to the gym to drink lots of water, to meditate, to go for long walks, to socialize, to plan your day. It will stop you from doing all the things that require you or enable you to be healthy. So I want to kind of delve into this idea of of things that make us happy and why we keep going back to them. 
Now, I mentioned before, society has led us to this belief, or I, I want to say conditioned us into a, a certain way of thinking of you just have to continue. You have to suck it up and get on with it. And I'm totally anti-sucking it up and getting on with it because life is a million times more important and your happiness is a billion times more important. And if you've got people around you in your family, in your friendships, if in your workplace that are telling you you just need to suck it up and get on with it or questioning whether you need to take time off because you're feeling overworked or not enabling you or allowing you to take time off or doing things that will benefit you, then they are not the types of people you want to be surrounding yourself with. So burnout has a physical response and this stress and anxiety around things that make us unhappy have a physical response. So some things are like fatigue, so constant, constantly feeling tired or feeling tired at the wrong times of the day, insomnia, not being able to sleep, headaches and skin conditions, dry skin, itchy skin, um, dark eyes, pale skin looking drained and then it also has the emotional symptoms so feeling emotionally drained depleted and overwhelmed and when I read that uh, definition out earlier it said cynicism and detachment and I think if we take away the work scenario developing a negative or cynical attitude towards insert whatever makes you unhappy or whatever you're feeling unhappy about doing then you will start to understand that that is not something that is benefiting you in life. And I always go back to this idea. Now, I know it sounds really dramatic, but the idea or the concept of will I be like, what will I be thinking about on my deathbed? Will I be proud of myself for sucking up and getting on with it? Or will I be proud for taking time off, changing my job, having a complete life transformation the the absolute latter you are not going to be worried about whether you kept on going and you pushed yourself so hard that you basically started to crumble mentally and mentally emotionally and physically you're not and I think it's a really good question to to kind of ask yourself when you're feeling this low or when you're in scenarios or experiencing similar situations Because ultimately, if you're not functioning properly, if you're constantly thinking negatively about what you're doing, your life, your day-to-day tasks, then not only are you going to have these, these physical and emotional responses, but you're not going to work properly. The progress that you're making, the performance that you're, you're showing is not going to be good enough for your work, for the people around you, for yourself, and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have difficulty concentrating. And The only way, the only direction that that goes is down. It's not improving. You're just going to deteriorate slowly and lose a sense of self as a a result of this constant overwork mentality or just keep going, keep going, keep going. It'll get better eventually. It's fine. Time will heal. No, it won't. You have to act as a human being to make changes to your life. Now, I'm not saying go away and quit your job, okay? There are ways to improve your job life, your job life, your personal life, your social life. There are ways to do this. Now, if you try those, if you try everything possible that you can do and nothing's changing, 
it's not down to you to change it. You have to do something that's going to benefit you, not the people that you're trying to to, to please and and support. Okay. Oh, so passionate. I need to take a breath. Um. Now, the next kind of oh, sorry. The next kind of area of discussion is leading down to a more specific area, which is stress and anxiety and depression. So prolonged stress kind of works in line with burnout. Um, Now, I remember when I was, I think I was studying like my GCSEs or my A-levels or something, and we studied psychology and we were talking about stress and there's good stress and there's bad stress. And this type of stress that we're talking about today is the bad stress prolonged chronic stress that leads you to physical responses to the mental drain that you're going through and that chronic stress which is a significant component of burnout um, is associated with various health issues that can accelerate negative what I would call negative aging or premature aging Um, and I'm just going to go through a few ways that that might affect you and and more relatable um, experiences. So inflammation. Now I've talked about inflammation from a food perspective in some of my other podcast episodes, but this inflammation is a full body inflammation, which is associated with many age-related diseases. So things like cardiovascular disease, arthritis, neurodegenerative disorders, um, and basically, it can kind of come down to this cellular aging or this um, completely preventable health um, decline, right? Like it, we are, it's not inevitable that as we age, we are going to be diagnosed with cardiovascular diseases. It is not inevitable that we will have arthritis. It is not inevitable that we will have osteoporosis or we will be diagnosed with dementia. Now, there are genetic elements that impact this. However, we can prevent it if we're doing the right things. If we're going through burnout and we're going through stress and we're not doing anything about it and we're doing things that make us unhappy, our bodies are going to show that. They are going to tell us, you are doing something wrong. Stop, reassess, change your life. I see it with family members. I see this chronic pain. Now, they may have been through severe trauma. They may have been through um, psychological or physical trauma, prolonged bouts of stress. And as a result, they have now got a multitude of health conditions. So chronic stress has been linked to accelerated cellular aging. Now, this is a little bit techie or scientific, so bear with. So telomeres are the protective caps at the end of chromosomes and tend to shorten with age. Now, high levels of stress have been associated with accelerated telomere shortening, suggesting a potential link between burnout and cellular aging. So as like, duh, like, our body is responding to everything that happens in our brain. My, I am, I'm, I know from a scientific basis, from a personal experience basis, from what I believe to be real, is that our minds control absolutely everything. And if we're not doing the right things, if we're not looking after our minds, our body is going to suffer. 
our mind is taking that that negativity and that strain and it is basically outputting all of that waste and crap <laughs> that it's taking in it has to go somewhere right it doesn't just disappear and our body takes that and it takes it in the form of illness i kind of mentioned earlier when you've got dementia right and how stress chronic stress can negatively impact our our, our mind and so that can come in the form of affecting memory function, attention function, and decision-making. So we can see that in a really obvious way where we're not able to do our jobs properly. We're not able to do our daily tasks properly. We're not able to make decisions by saying, "Going, I'm going to go to the gym and actually do it. Um, and then this in a long term. So if we constantly are going through these problems and our memory, attention, decision-making are being affected, then of course, we're going to have long term mental health conditions. And maybe that's in the form of dementia, maybe that's in the form of, of Alzheimer's. And when it comes to aging, we, we all know that dementia and Alzheimer's are a very, very heartbreaking illnesses. However, they are preventable. And that is what all of the science and all of the research is showing. Now we do have um, genetics that make us more prone to to, to having dementia or not having dementia and unfortunately that makes the the risk higher however it doesn't mean it's inevitable it doesn't mean you're going to have dementia and that that's where you just have to be a lot more careful when it comes to your mental health it means you've got to be a lot better at being disciplined when it comes to looking after yourself now not everybody's the same some of us can definitely get away with not being as disciplined than others, but some of us must be more disciplined than others. I know I'm one of those people that has to be disciplined, that has to have a routine, that has to work on exercising every day, doing things that stimulate my mind, where, where as my husband, he, he probably doesn't need to do as much, not from a physical element, but from a mental health perspective he can cope a lot better than I can cope okay so the final area of impact is hormonal changes and how burnout and chronic stress can disrupt the balance of our hormones in the body so cortisol um, is a primary stress hormone and the dysregulation of cortisol levels has been associated with various health issues, including metabolic disorders that can contribute to age-related problems. So cortisol is a hormone that plays a key role in the body's response to stress. And cortisol is often referred to as the stress hormone. And I often say like, oh my gosh, my cortisol levels are very high right now. So dramatic, but also very true. Um, because, and it's, its levels tend to increase in response to stresses. So obviously the more stresses that we go through in a day-to-day -day setting, the higher the cortisol levels. So here's how the relationship can work between stress and cortisol. Now it's another very scientific area, so just bear with me, I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. So cortisol release has several effects on the body, including blood sugar levels, suppressing the immune system, and aiding in the metabolism of fats, proteins, and carbohydrates. So this, these changes help the body to mobilize energy 
and respond to the stressor. So for example, if we're super stressed, usually find that your immune system doesn't have the strength to fight anything off. So you're constantly getting unwell, you're, fa- you're fighting cold here, cold there, cough here, headaches, all sorts of things. And that's because while cortisol is really important for normal body functioning, we don't want to get rid of cortisol, chronic stress can lead to the prolonged elevation of cortisol levels. And this exposure has so many negative effects on various systems in the body. And that can contribute to long-term health conditions. So um, going into more of the metabolic element, you've got the chronic stress and high cortisol levels associated with changes in metabolism and increased appetite and therefore increased weight gain. Um, And then the development of insulin resistance. So you can, I mean, now this is a massive, uh, what's the word? Um, Generalization, potentially stereotype that I've made myself in a sense that a lot of people who are extremely stressed or are going through burnout are overweight or obese. And that is because of this element it's not because you're just generally bored and you're just eating and you've got nothing better to do there is a physiological response that is happening that is encouraging you to eat more so and i've talked a lot about burnout talked a lot lots about stress cortisol i haven't really talked much about anxiety and depression but in last week's podcast episode we did touch on it a little bit so please feel free to go and have a listen to that um we're going to look at the positive element of, of this podcast episode now, which is coping and self-care practices, which I'm hoping are going to be really useful for you and really beneficial. Now, everybody, as I said, is different. And you will hear me say this 101 million times during my podcast series. Everybody is different. Now, I'm basing this off of my own self-care practices, my own personal preferences. And I'm also going to be talking about things that I know work but maybe don't necessarily work for me so giving you a lot of options here and I'm not saying you have to do every single thing on this list but do what works for you I'd say pick one or two and start there so the first thing that you have to do which if you basically don't do this part of the process you won't be able to change you won't be able to improve is recognizing and acknowledging that you are burnt out and you need to change. You need to change something in your life. It is all well and good acknowledging that there is something wrong. That is kind of a mini step. However, if you can't recognize that something must change because you are burnt out, you won't be able to do the right things that are going to help you improve. So be aware of the symptoms. Do you feel worthless? Do you feel loss of sense of self? Do you feel emotionally exhausted? Do you feel physically exhausted? Has it been going on for a while now? If yes, then you're probably burnt out. You probably need to stop and take a moment to look after yourself. Because as I said earlier, you are more important than your job. You are more important than what other people have to think about you. You are more important than anybody else at this point in time. The next thing is to set some boundaries. So um, something that I really disagree with, that it comes to working with human beings and improving your life and, and well-being. So 
prioritize yourself. Identify, are you working too much? Is your work environment super negative? Are the people around you impacting your your mental health? Talk to somebody about it. Talk to yourself about it. Write it down in a journal. Avoid overcommitting. So this is a really, really good boundary to set. So most of us have nine to five jobs. If you don't have a job, fantastic. If you don't have a job, you usually do have other commitments though. So focus on those other commitments. Are you doing too much? And learn to say no. Saying no is such a powerful word. Now I'm a yes girl through and through. I love to help. I don't like to say no. I get massive FOMO. I really, really struggle to say no and miss things out because I'm all about taking opportunity where, when and where I can. But saying no is so important. So prioritize it. So once you've been able to set boundaries, you will start to create more time to prioritize your self-care. So now that you don't have that other commitment, you can use that hour or that 15 minutes to look after yourself and do something that's going to help you. So you've got your kind of more traditional forms of self-care, resting. Now, what does rest mean? Who knows? Um, My type of rest is literally sitting on the sofa, watching TV, doing absolutely nothing. Another person's um, rest may just be sleeping, just taking some time out in the day to have a nap. Another person's rest might be going on holiday and just sitting on a beach or going to a hotel, detaching from daily life, detaching from home life and just taking time to be in silence. They find out what that is for you, what rest means to you and how rest can help you. Um, Alongside rest comes sleep. Now sleep, oh, I can't wait to do a podcast episode about sleep, is so important. I can't remember how many hours of sleep we we get in our lifetime, but like it is it is most of our life. If you think about it, you we should be sleeping around eight to ten hours a day. And that's a huge chunk of your day. That's a huge chunk of your week. That's a huge chunk of your life. So sleep is so important, and having a, be- a healthy sleep routine, having a healthy sleep environment, is not just about okay. I've done my done my eight hours. I'm done. Are you? looking at a screen for three hours before you go to sleep. If you are, not so healthy. Are you, are you, your bed sheets clean? Is your room full of dust? Are you sleeping in a very highly polluted area? Like different things like that will affect your sleep. So just reset, clean your bedroom, get some dehumidifiers, try and get an air filter system. I don't know. Figure out what, how you can optimize your sleeping environment and also focus on the time sleep. I know that you can get whip bands. Now, this is not a, um, this is not an advertisement whatsoever. I haven't used one, but I know that they really benefit when it comes to identifying how much sleep you're getting, how much sleep you're needing. I've had so many conversations with my friends because I'm a big sleeper. I like about nine to 10 hours of sleep and everybody always takes the mick because they're like surely that's too much and I'm like no surely you're not getting enough and lo and behold when they have put on a fitness band that's assessed their sleep it is telling them you are not optimized you need more sleep so check figure out what your optimal sleeping time is are you practicing relaxation and meditation um, techniques so there's lots and lots and lots of things I could go into here 
I'm not going to go into everything, but you've got your kind of traditional meditation, which I talked about last week. You can do your deep breathing. You can do your guided meditation, uh, words of affirmation, lots and lots of relaxation, relaxation techniques that will help with who you are. Something I find really beneficial when I'm feeling burnt out is gratitude relaxation or gratitude meditations where I solely focus on the things I can be grateful for. So I'm not thinking about all the crap that's going on in my life where it's, oh God, I'm worried about not achieving this. I'm, I've failed at this or I'm not supporting this person in the way that I'd like to. I'm completely distracting myself and focusing on the fact that I am so grateful that I have a beautiful living room. I'm so grateful that my dog brings me so much laughter and joy in my life. I'm so grateful. And then when I start to think about all the great things that are happening in my life, instantly my energy is boosted. I feel so much happier. So we've got delegating and seeking help next. Now I know this is extremely challenging for some people and it's not possible unless you've identified and recognized that you're going through burnout. So find someone who can help you. I'm not going to talk too much about this. We kind of know a lot about this area. Talk to your husband, talk to your best friend, talk to your mum, talk to your dad, talk to your granny, talk to your neighbour, talk to a stranger, talk to a therapist, talk to anybody who will listen. Not everybody is going to have the same person to talk to. I know that Sam really helps me, my husband, but not always. And that's when I seek help from other people. Next one is delegating tasks where you can. So don't hesitate to share responsibilities at work or at home. Now it's really easy to just say yes to everyone. Is it going back to that yes thing again? Gosh, we guys, we need to get better at saying no, us Brits. Um, I can't talk for the rest of Europe and the rest of the world, but I know as British people, we like to be involved. We like to say yes. And usually it's in the minority that says no. Um, and fantastic work. I mean, good for them. They have boundaries set. And I wish I could be more of a no person. Okay, so um, I'm not a big person of setting realistic goals. Um, I don't like the whole goal setting thing. I've, that's been drilled into me since I was doing my GCSEs, and I'm just fed up with it. Um, but you can set goals if you're a goal person. You And they can just be things like make sure you go to bed at 9pm. Make sure you don't get out of bed till 7am make sure you go to the gym twice a week, different things like that. You can do that. I'm going to leave you to that. Maybe we'll do a podcast on goal setting, but it's not really my thing. So maybe not. Um, connecting with others we know is so important. Agrophobia, social isolation, all of these things are terrible, terrible, terrible things for us. We are built as a society who needs each other and we need to share our feelings and concerns and be open to receiving support at the same time as supporting others. Now, when we support others, we naturally get feelings of happiness. So work together as a team. So my final two are one, engage in activities that you enjoy. Now, if you don't know any activities you enjoy, go and try things. I'm a big believer in trying things and I'll try things even, th even if I think I don't like it. Um, there is nothing I will, as yeah, me, me being a yes person again. Um, I will say yes to pretty much anything and I'll just try it. And if I don't like it, I won't do it. But I, in the last year, since my burnout experience, I have tried open water swimming. 
I have tried different t- like um or oh, what's it called that game that you play in teams uh corfball um I have tried um joining a running club I'm very sport orientated so I do really benefit from those types of activities but I've also looked into other things such as um wreath making at Christmas and social clubs and being part of like our local parish council and and different things like that they're all things that are activities that you can gain enjoyment from and it doesn't have to be physical activity related it doesn't have to be um well-being related it could just generally be an activity supporting a local charity offering some time to a neighbor like different things like that if that's what if you if giving brings you joy do more giving if being selfish brings you joy be more selfish if i don't know traveling more brings you so much joy which to me i love traveling do it more and that is such a hard thing to say because so much comes into traveling can i take time off what am i going to do with my dog where am i getting the money from other commitments but just do it like as I said, on your deathbed, are you going to be happy that you took that trip to Paris or are you going to be annoyed that you did and you didn't stay at work and worked an extra week? Obviously not. <sighs> okay, final one is evaluate and adjust your workload. So if you're reaching like peak burnout levels, take time off. We have rights now in the, in the UK, definitely, where you can take mental health time off, you can take sick leave. That is so important. Use it. It's there. It's available. Do something about it. If you think that that's not enough, you do not have to work. Like, yes, we need money, but there are ways that we can get financial support, right? And we can adjust what we're doing so that we're not spending as much money, so that we can just focus on looking after ourselves. I just think there's always a way to do it. You have to find it. It might not be easy, but there is a way. Communicate with people. If you're not communicating and you're not telling your supervisor or your manager or your boss or whoever that um, you need help and you need to take time off, well, then obviously they're not going to know. So they're not going to be able to help you. Now, if they're... If they know and they are still not helping you, there is something fundamentally wrong and they're not worth your time. Get out. There are toxic workspaces and there are workplaces and environments that will lift you up and elevate you and accelerate your career and accelerate your mind, your mindset and boost your well-being. And they are fantastic companies to work for. Go and find those companies. I think I hear about some fantastic companies like to work for so that have something called no rules rules or don't have holiday rules so you have you don't have a, a, a cap on how much holiday you can take or you you have a one i know that um some a lot of places are doing a mental health day and you can take that whenever you when you need now i know that one day isn't always good enough and you might need more so maybe say like i don't need my mental health day this month but i'd like to bank it for another month right talk to people come up with ideas find environments that boost you lift you up okay i've gone through so much now so um i could go through a lot more i've got loads of notes on things like high vibrational music and um 
reducing stress and anxiety and, and different things like that. But I think I talked enough today. We're over 30 minutes and I like to keep them to about 30 to 40 minutes. So I'm going to finish there. But ultimately, the key is to explore and discover what works for you. Set your boundaries. Take time off. Rest is so powerful. When you have a flu, you cannot get better unless you are not doing anything. Your body needs you to stop and be still and rest. If your mind is overworked and unwell, you need to stop and rest and not do anything. And I know that is easier said than done. However, there are ways to work on reconditioning the way that we believe we should be and reconditioning the way that we think we should behave and do. So I'm going to leave you, leave you with that. Thank you, guys.